I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. In the book, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, he talks about how epidemics are created. An epidemic is essentially when something happens or something changes and spreads throughout society. An epidemic could be the spread of a virus, literally a virus, but also it could be the spread of an idea, such as when something becomes trendy or popular. And so in that book, The Tipping Point, he talks about crucial factors that lead something to having that tipping point and thus spreading virally. And if you're someone who wants to be successful, you want to understand the components of the tipping point. And in this video, I'm going to share with you three books that share three big ideas about how you can be way more influential in your work. And more specifically, I'm going to share with you three books that explain mostly how you can get the right types of people. There are super influential types of people, what Richard Koch would call 80-20 individuals. You want to get these types of people on your team because they're the types of people who are going to help spread your work. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of multiple books. Please like this video. Please subscribe. Let's jump into the three books. The first book is The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. And in that book, he describes three crucial types of people that are involved in creating epidemics. Before I share those three types of people, I want to talk about the law of diffusion of innovation. So the law of diffusion of innovation talks about how ideas spread, and there's a curve. And at the heavy front of that curve are the innovators. The innovators are the people who want to know what's going on. They're ahead of the game. They're ahead of the curve. They're willing to experiment. They are the knowledge people. These are the people who want to know what's going on before everyone else. And they're the ones who test the ideas. They're the ones who experiment. They're the ones who are willing to pay top dollar to be ahead of the curve. And so you've got the innovators who are trying the ideas. And then once they've tried them enough and spread them, there's the early adopters. And the early adopters are ultimately the ones who start using the idea fast. And eventually it gets to the point where there's the kind of regular adopters. That, that's like the middle of the bell curve. And then you've got the late adopters. So now this takes us to the three types of people Malcolm Gladwell talk about in the tipping point that are crucial for creating epidemics. And the innovator type of people are what Malcolm Gladwell calls mavens. Mavens are people who are heavily knowledgeable on specific topics and they want to be knowledgeable and they want to share that knowledge and they want to be useful, but they also want to be people known for having lots of knowledge. And so if you want to create an epidemic or if you want to create influence, if you want to have those 80, 20 types of people on your team or who care about your work to help spread the work, you want to ultimately find those mavens. So the three people are mavens, salespeople, and connectors. The mavens are the people who want to be cutting edge. They're the people who want to be who want to be knowledgeable on unique topics that are super important and interesting. And at the end of this, after I share the three books, I'm going to just give a few key insights, a few key tips on how you can get these types of influential people to be interested in your work and ultimately help spread your work. But the main point here is, is that mavens want to be in the know. They want to know about interesting things before they're popular. And ultimately, they're the ones who get it to the early adopters and make it interesting for them. Salespeople are people who actually take that innovative knowledge and repackage it, repurpose it so that it can be basically digestible for the masses. Innovative information by nature, whether it's like a a new drug or whether it's a new idea, it's a new insight, it is not palatable to the mainstream. There's actually a great quote on this by Peter Diamandis. He says the day before something's a breakthrough, it's a bad idea or it's a stupid idea. 
And so the innovators are the ones that take those interesting ideas and basically test and try them. The salespeople are the ones who take those innovative ideas and make them palatable for the masses. And so you ultimately do want to have those types of people interested in your work, interested in spreading what you do, but you have to let them do it in their own way. They're going to take your work and reframe it such that they're going to emphasize the points that really matter, that are digestible, and they're going to de-emphasize the points that may not be. And this can be a frustrating thing for like researchers, scholars, or even designers because the salespeople emphasize the points that make the message spreadable. And you got to let the who do the how. <laughs> I'll get there in a second. The third type of person that Malcolm Gladwell talks about in The Tipping Point are what he calls connectors. Connectors have networks of other influential people. There's a kind of a law of society and even of evolution that says that typically a social group has about 150 people in it. You probably have around 150 relationships-ish that you manage at different levels. And then obviously there's like 15 that you really, really are close to, but you've probably got relationships, decent relationships with around 150 people. Well, the thing about connectors is, is that those 150 people for them are all influential people in and of themselves. And so those types of connectors are the ones who spread the work and you want those types of connectors to be interested in your work or in what you're doing. This takes us to book number two, which is from Richard Koch, and he calls it the 80-20 individual. And basically what Richard Koch talks about in that book, and it's based on the 80-20 principle, that 80% of results comes from 20% of what you do. Also, 80% of influence comes from 20%. And this fits really close with what Malcolm Gladwell talks about with those three types of people. So Richard Koch calls these types of people 80-20 people. And these 80-20 people are the ones that are creating almost all of the work, even in big organizations. And Richard Koch actually quotes Bill Gates talking about Microsoft, Microsoft being a company of 130,000 people. And what Bill Gates said is, if you took away our top 20 people, literally just 20 out of the 130,000, he said Microsoft would become an average mediocre company or even cease to exist. And so those 20 people are the 80-20 individuals that are driving the innovation, but also driving the influence, the leaders. And so those 80-20 individuals are people you want on your team. One of the things that Richard Koch talks about with those 80-20 individuals is, is that these are people you can partner with, develop relationships with. They're even people you can hire on your team. But the thing with these 80-20 individuals is they create an outsized impact compared to everyone else. They may be worth 50 other employees because of what they can do. And typically, they're going to fit into one of those categories where they're a maven, where they've got really specialized knowledge such that they can accomplish things that are just highly specialized, highly unique. They're really good salespeople, meaning that they're really good at spreading or packaging the message, or they're connectors, meaning that they can get the information to other influential people and thus spread the message. The main point here that Richard Koch makes is that you want to partner and be teamed up with 80-20 individuals. You want the best people on your team and you want those people to feel valued, to be valued, and to want to do part of your work. Again, at the end of this, after I share the third book, I'm going to describe key principles for how to attract these types of people, how to develop amazing relationships with these types of people. Because if you want to be massively successful, you want these types of people, these 80-20 individuals, these mavens, salespeople, and connectors to be interested in your work and ultimately to help you spread your work so that you can be heavily influential, heavily successful. You want these 80-20 people on your team. I would also argue you want to be one of those 80-20 individuals yourself. To be an 80-20 individual yourself, you've got to essentially be really influential in one way or another, whether that's that you are a super connector in some way where you can connect with other really connected people, whether you're a salesperson of some sort. And by sales, what I mean is, is that in a lot of ways, you're a storyteller, a marketer. You're really good at framing and, and shaping things and making them interesting for the right types of people. Or you're a maven where you're just heavily deep in a set of knowledge and you're way above the curve 
and you connect that in the right way to the right connectors and salespeople. So you're ahead of the curve. In any case, to be an 80-20 individual, you've got to have really specialized knowledge and ability to produce results. This is the key, and this is going to take us to book number three. But the key point about 80-20 individuals and about these three types of people that Malcolm Gladwell talks about is, is the ability to produce extremely rare results. These 80-20 individuals create results that are essentially 10x what the average person says. And this is something that Malcolm Gladwell talks about in The Tipping Point. Is, is that there are 1% of people who create 100% of the impact, who create 100% of the spreading of various insights, ideas, or even influence. And these people may not be the famous ones. These people may be the ones who are influencing the influencers. But there are certain individuals who are creating 90% or plus of a certain type of influence. This is true even of crime. There are certain individuals who are creating or influencing 90% plus of the crime in a given area. The main point here is, is that these individuals create an outsized result that's 10x, even potentially 100x what the average person is. And so your key idea, the key thing you want to do is you probably want to be one of those people potentially, but you want to have those types of people in different formats to be a part of your work if you want your work to be amazingly successful. So this takes us to the third book, and this happens to be a book I wrote with Dan Sullivan, the first book in our trilogy called Who Not How. And there's a few really big ideas in this book. The first one is, is that you've got to actually trust the who. I just barely did a leadership training with a company doing about 200 million in revenue, and they're looking to go to a billion. And they hired me to come in and train their leadership team. And one of the things the CEO just kept saying, which I thought was awesome, is he says, we've got to trust the who. And that's a key component here is, is who not how is a really innovative idea. Most people, they think about how, they don't think about who. So if a person or entrepreneur is wanting to, you know, spread some idea or sell a million products or whatever, they often start thinking about how. This book really invites you to think in terms of who first. And this is just such a, a brilliant idea. Dan Sullivan uh, got this idea from conversations he had with Dean Jackson. Dean Jackson also being a brilliant marketer himself. But if you start thinking about who rather than how, then you can really bypass you needing to reinvent the wheel. And you can stay focused on the few things you're really good at. And you can get incredible 80-20 who's that can produce massive results if you let them. So now this brings me to a few key principles. If you want to create these rare influential relationships and get these different types of people involved in your work or on your team. The first thing is, is that you've got to create very rare, innovative work. You've got to do deep work, not shallow work. You've got to be innovative because otherwise you're not going to be interesting to those mavens or people who are interested in quality, not quantity. Most of the stuff out there is saturated. Most of the products in any industry are shallow products. They're essentially competing to the bottom based on cost rather than based on innovation and value. And so if you're someone who wants to be interesting to these 80-20 individuals, first principle is you've got to do really interesting, innovative work. You've got to do deep work that's so interesting, so good, it can't be ignored. This actually fits with a fourth book, which I'm going to give you just for fun, which is So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And the main idea here is, is that you want to do work that's so valuable it can't be ignored, but also so innovative that the mavens, the influencers, the connectors, these people want to be involved in this because it's such interesting, cutting-edge, important work. So the first rule, and this fits also with what we talked about in 10x is easier than 2x, which is to go 10x, you've got to focus on quality, not quantity. 10x always starts qualitatively, not quantitatively. And when I say qualitatively, I mean that there's a, an innovation of some sort that fundamentally changes the game. Think back on Steve Jobs, for example. He 10x'd music by going from CDs to iPods. That CD to iPod was a full innovation. And at the beginning, there might not have been people who were interested in the iPod because MP3 players did not fit with the norm of how people looked at music. 
they looked at it as you still buy CDs. And so that first innovation was a qualitative 10x, meaning that the quality of the thing was fundamentally different. You now, rather than going to the store and buying CDs, you're now downloading music and having them in your pocket. That's a qualitative change. But because it was such a massive, successful upgrade in innovation, it was able to get popular for those mavens uh, and also those salespeople and those 80-20 individuals. And ultimately, because of the upgrade and the innovativeness, it went through that that process of innovation such that there were the innovators, the early adopters, and then eventually it just became spread through society. Principle number one is you've got to do really innovative, really powerful, really interesting work that's important that would become interesting to those types of mavens, those 80-20 individuals. They, those types of people, those 80-20 individuals, they want to be involved in really important, interesting work. The second principle, and this relates with who, not how, is, is that these individuals need to be given autonomy and trust that rather than overly controlling them and what they do, rather than telling them how to do their job and managing them, you actually be a leader and you let them manage themselves. This actually fits with a principle of motivation called self-determination theory. According to self-determination theory, there are three core components of motivation. And by the way, this is one of the most influential motivational theories in business and in psychology and work psychology. Firstly, in order to be heavily motivated, there's a concept called mastery. People need to have a sense that they can develop mastery and, and skill like that they have to want to get into the weeds of what they're doing and get really, really good at what they're doing and see that there's a pathway to developing amazing mastery. People love getting good at what they do, developing capability, building capability builds confidence, which builds joy. So part of applying who, not how is let people do it who are already masters at that and let them continue to develop their mastery and skill rather than you telling them how to do it. You actually get people who are brilliant at what they do. This is an important insight when it comes to getting who's or when it comes to hiring and partnering. Most people get this wrong is, is that they hire people that are not that great at the job because they look at hiring or partnering as a cost rather than as an investment. When you really start to understand these principles of 80-20 individuals, you realize that these individuals are worth or can create the results of 100 people. And so you want to view them as an investment, not a cost, because they're an investment because they can create outsized results and change the game for you. And so you want to get people who have deep mastery in what they're doing and who want to continue to develop that mastery because they're intrinsically motivated and because they love that. The second component of self-determination theory is autonomy, that these people want autonomy. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be micromanaged. They want the freedom of doing their work in their way. And so you don't tell the who how to do their job. You give them autonomy. This is something I learned beautifully by writing these books with Dan Sullivan. I wrote three books with Dan, who, not how, the gap and the gain, and also 10x is easier than 2x. Dan really applied who, not how. He let me be the who, even to the point where, you know, we wrote three books together, but he did not tell me which books to write because he's not the kind of guy that writes these types of books. I am. And so he let me even choose the books. And I'm actually the one who autonomously said, yo, Dan, let's write who, not how. Let's write the gap and the gain. Let's write 10x is easier than 2x. I'm the one who autonomously chose that because I believe as that who, I, I'm the one that had the taste of what I believe to be mainstream powerful books. So with these types of people, you got to give them autonomy to do things in their way and not overly manage them. That doesn't mean you can't have a collaboration. That doesn't mean you can't be a leader and give direction. But ultimately, you've got to give lots of autonomy and let them be the master and let them develop that mastery and autonomy. The third component of self-determination theory is relatedness, just that relationships are powerful and that relationships and teamwork is such an important part of motivation. Being on a team, being on a winning team is huge. Being on a team that's doing important, even impossible things together. So you want to do innovative work. 
you want to apply self-determination theory, meaning you get people who are better than you at what they do, you give them autonomy, and you build teamwork and relationships that are really meaningful and deep and important. These are the types of people that you want to have on your team. You can build relationships in this way. One of the things that I'm learning in this on my own is, is having brought in 80-20 individuals on my team and watching how they can create results uh, that are it would be impossible for 50 other people to do. But also, as I'm doing deeper and more important work, as I'm doing that deep work, as Cal Newport would talk about, but also with this book, 10x is easier than 2x. I went so deep to do this book. And this is a huge aspect of flow and innovation is doing really deep work, not shallow work. I went so deep to write that book that I do believe that it is a massively innovative text. And because I believe it's so innovative, it is attracting a lot of people outside of my sphere who fit those three categories. The mavens who are interested in innovative stuff, the salespeople who love just spreading ideas in really unique ways, and also the connectors who are connecting me to other organizations or other groups. And that is a big part, by the way, of creating epidemics, is, is that the connectors spread things within groups. And so this is something I'm learning. And what you want to do is ultimately create really beautiful relationships with these people. I've had certain, call it uh, super connectors, but also they fit the category of super connector and even salespeople uh, who really love this book and who are helping spread this in really unique environments. And I obviously want to be good to these people. <laughs> I want to I want to continue to develop beautiful, synergistic uh, relationships with these people because what they can do is huge. And so I hope that these three books help you in thinking about how you can create rare, important, and valuable work, how you can develop synergistic and beautiful relationships with these 80-20 individuals. And the thing to know is, is that these 80-20 individuals are so crucial to you going 10x, to you creating huge effects in your work. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I hope you enjoyed this. If you haven't yet done it, please grab 10x is easier than 2x, my third book with Dan Sullivan. This book will change your life. Please like this video. Please subscribe. Have an amazing day. See you.